0: Beers podcast relationships part two
1: all right yeah in keeping so in keeping work relationships especially since lockdown um, for those of us you know we're fortunate enough to have a job and we're talking about our work and how yeah our work family essentially because we send, we spend as much time if not more time with them especially nowadays uh, than with our own families and it's not really by choice. I've always thought it's kind of a strange experiment to take a bunch of random adults and stick them in an office together for 40 hours a week or force them to interact, whether it's through emails or Zoom calls and uh, have to come together to complete a task. So um, definitely some good things about it. But given the fact that it is uh, uh, this is two beers, what do we enjoy about or what qualities do we look for in uh, grabbing a beer with our work colleagues?
0: I look for. okay. I appreciate it because people tend to let their guards down. Who you meet in those four walls of your office isn't necessarily the person you'd meet if you weren't in a work setting. It's not exactly who that person is as a friend or someone you'd just meet on the street. So I like the fact that people can kinda just be exactly who they are. Yeah, it's funny seeing the
2: straight-laced people uh, let loose a little, let their inhibitions down or let their guard down and uh, you know have fewer inhibitions and then uh, it's also funny when you kind of get to stir up the pot a little bit. You start like, you know, talking a little trash after a few beers <laughs> about other colleagues or clients or whatever the case may be. And then, uh, you know, that-, that guy did in the lunchroom today. Yeah, exactly. And then you kind of have a few laughs about that. Then you have some inside jokes. That's kind of how, you know, good relationships are built with some of your work colleagues. Although yeah. it, can, it can get a little bit out of hand, the, the work beers, as, a, as I think we've all mentioned before. This one time uh, I I used to have the odd beer with this guy and uh, his nickname was the Hawk. And he was just down for beers every day. If you were like, Hey, who's grabbing beers or who wants to grab beers? He was in every single time. And he was one of those guys who just like, you know, he, once he got going, he couldn't really stop. And so you'd end up seven or eight pints on like a, on a a Wednesday. And it was, It'd be pretty, it'd be pretty bad. And you'd like, you try and get out of there. You're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. You know, you'd go to the bathroom, try and freshen up, pour some, you know, splash, splash some water on your face. Try and like, look, you know, like a, a regular human being as you're like leaving in the early evening and you'd come back and he'd have a fresh pint sitting there for you after you've already had seven. And this one time I got, you know, it was like the third or fourth time the Hawk had done that to me. And I got mad and slapped him. And he was like a, he was a senior guy in the company. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we didn't have this sort of relationship where I was, you know, it was cool for me to slap him. But I slapped him and took off. (laughs) And the next morning went into the office, you know, I was like, oh, man, this is sweating. He, was, he wasn't my boss, but he was like more senior than the come to me. And I was like, hey, Nate, you get home okay last night? He was like, yeah, you? And I was like, yeah. And we didn't mention it. The slab wasn't brought up. And it wasn't brought up until the next time we went out for beers. And he was like, yeah, so you slapped me last night.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you had it coming. He was like, yeah, fair enough. But let's not have that happen again. I'm like, all right. Well,
3: That's okay,
4: try not to. I find it pretty interesting that you made friends with a guy named the hawk, which is a bird. Just point that out. This is true. This is true. Hey, hey,
2: we can make friends with them. We just don't lose fights to them. Ah, oh, Doherty's never lose a fight to a bird. You know that, right? I forgot. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say, uh, in Hawk's defense, I uh, I've definitely done a little sneaky round order when a when a coworker's gone. It's like ah, it's still early. You can get a sneaky sneaky another round in. We're good for another one. Um. So yeah, I've definitely played played that card but uh no one's ever slapped me for it so i figured it was all in the uh all in accordance um yeah i'm all in i uh we um yeah you know sometimes you got to get out blow off some steam it's a long day and uh especially working in an office there's just like just kind of oddities of the job so it's nice to let loose a little bit and uh yeah we've actually put in some shifts um you know at the bar after work so we, um, there's a pub right across the street from where we used to work, put in on um, a fair bit amount of time there, almost a second shift in some cases, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, ended up making some good friends out of it from work colleagues and uh, ended up doing stuff uh, beyond
4: that. So it worked out pretty well. So uh, yeah, I'm all in. I would say aside from the holiday party or even the fiscal year end party, Look at me. I'm all grown up now. Uh, that grabbing beers with work colleagues is the worst, like the worst. Like maybe it's just who I've worked with. And I think that probably plays into it for sure. Name
0: names. But, yeah, like, name I
4: don't know. Names. Like, I, uh, let's just say my last gig, I'm bringing it up again. Uh, I go out for beers and it's just like, I'm the party guy trying to, Break the ice for everybody else. And I realize that I am not out with the right crowd at all. And I'm just talking to someone who lives with three cats, single, 50, you know, basically Ronan. And uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, they just got nothing. They got no substance. They got, they're just, uh, you know, their night is made of Michelinas and smokes. Oh. And where were you working? <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> job did you have? You working at a factory in the eighties? I don't the, want to the name crematorium. It. I don't yeah. want to name it. <laughs> but I've also been like I've also got invited. So like I'm like a big wedding guy too. I love weddings. Weddings, open bar. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And <That's> uh, <laughs> other, the other things too. <laughs> yeah. And weddings are, weddings are great, but then you get to the, you get there and it's like cash bar and, uh, and then, you know, you're leaving halfway through the wedding. You don't really like it. You know, you, you show up at work on Monday. You're like, oh, I wish I never went to that wedding and then you wish I never hung out with these people. So, you know, for that reason, I'm out.
3: I like that, you know, if you go out with your workers, coworkers, you know, you can drink and talk about things. But I also like the fact that it always leads to like a second or third stop where you might end up at like a, you know, some random club or a really, you know, nice yeah. restaurant that you've never heard of or never, you've never been to. Um, yeah. I've, I've discovered a couple of restaurants through going out with work, work people because you always end up eating something after you go for people.
2: Those are cool. Those yeah. Are- this the city's good for that, right? If you live in Toronto or Hamilton or someplace where there's a, a bunch of different options yeah, and you end up doing a bit of hopping, that's
1: always quite yeah. fun.
3: Yeah, I
1: like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, yeah, so I guess we kind of touched on that, but through the beers, were there, uh, through getting the beers, were there any notable relationships that were formed for better or worse? Anything that kind of went past the couple beers?
0: Good, uh, good friends that I consider to be friends and not just work colleagues have have come about from going for those beers after work and finding myself at the Horseshoe Tavern riding a bull at 1 a.m., on a wednesday night those are those are the real friends those ones who show up there uh that's how you know they're not just work colleagues anymore and
2: outside outside of the the beers and whatnot let's talk about some of the strange people we've worked with i know ryan kind of uh talked about the Michelinas and smokes lady or man i'm not sure who that was but uh i've got a couple man some of the strangest people i've met have been people i've been you know forced not forced to but have ended up working side by side with um as you guys know uh while i was in school i was working as a furniture mover And after one particularly grueling weekend out with you fellows, actually we're, we're up North and we're drinking far too much. And so on Monday I was feeling quite fragile and ended up uh, having to move some furniture with uh, this new guy who I hadn't moved with before. And when I, when I used to move with people, you want to move with people, you know, and you trust, so you know, nothing's going to get broken. And you know, you know, you're doing this physical labor with this guy. It's not going to be a total weirdo. Anyway, this guy who I met, an hour into meeting him, he confessed that uh, he had uh, just spent uh, five years in jail. And the reason he'd spent uh, time in jail was he dedicated his life to the demon Azazel. So he ended up being a pimp and a—I and a, think it was a crack dealer for, for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> and so this was before we even got to the job. This guy had told me about all this like demon worshipping he'd done. He said he'd let him into his life. And it was just super weird from then on in. Another strange one that I used to work with was this guy. I won't say his full name, but his name was Barry. And uh, he was an older fella who had made a lot of money in the 80s and the Toronto stock market on the mm-hmm. one of the base street boys. And he'd led a good life, but he'd kind of let things get a little bit out of control and then kind of things fell to pieces. Anyway, by the time I'd met him, he was probably in his 60s, looked like he was in his 80s. And uh, he used to bring a giant bag of pretzels, and I mean giant, you know, like the size of the, yeah, a a three foot tall bag of pretzels. And he used to take them out one by one and dip them into a large tub of margarine and then just eat pretzels and margarine at his desk all day. It was unbelievable.
4: Speaking of uh, ex-cons. I did have, I worked with an ex and that wasn't like, I wasn't weirded out by that or anything. I'm all about second chances. Sure. And so I worked in uh, landscape construction as well. And so we're up early hours, you know, summer Wang and to- limited summer Wang. Yep. Hashtag. Um, we're heading to the job site, probably around six seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, and we took turns driving. So whoever got to drive, The truck in the morning, got to choose the music because usually the passenger is just asleep getting that extra 15 minutes in until we hit the job site. Uh, And then there's like the noobs in the back. And so one of the the ex-con was sitting in the back. And so I put on, I think it was like 102.1 The Edge at the time, Dean Blundell, that was like my jam at the time. And this rock song comes on. And I think they mentioned something to do with the devil or like Satan. It might've been like Metallica or something like that. Not, not one word of a lie. This guy leans in through the middle of the truck, like next to my head and he reaches over to the radio and he starts changing. He's like, I can't listen to this. I go, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. I'm driving. I'm the supervisor. You're not touching the music. Get back there. And, he, and he's like, I can't listen to this music. I go, why? He goes, if I listen to anything to do with the devil, I do bad stuff. I was like, huh? He's like, if I listen to this music, I will do something bad to someone good. And I, I've never been more shook in my life at like 7 a.m. I was like, is this guy going to like knife me in the jugular while I'm driving? Like what's going on? Here? And so from then on, we like, we actually had to listen to pop music for like, I think we listened to 99.9, like uh, Ryan Seacrest in the morning, like for the rest of the week, because we were just like on eggshells with this guy. Cause he's just ready to pop off. It was about to play it safe in that instance. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Got to enjoy the pop. There's
0: a lot of devil worshiping coworkers these days. Yeah. Eh? Seems that way. Yeah. Wow. I too have worked with an ex con, but they're not worshiping, uh, Bub or anything like that. It was, uh, I think Tim Hortons at the time To bring it up for a second time. They had like a hiring program where they would hire you out of prison in case you needed to like find a job. That's good. Yeah, it was great. And I worked with a lady who had a really interesting story about smuggling uh, cocaine out of Jamaica.
1: Nice. That would be interesting. He
0: was also the same person. I was like 14. I was unloading the dishwasher and she like pushed me aside and was like, I'll do it. I've only got one speed fast. And then she just started unloading the dishwasher. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting lady. When you're Ah. a smuggler. Yeah. You you got to keep it moving. Yeah. Uh
1: Yeah. I had a a co-worker. He was uh, not an ex-con from what I know, um, but just completely out of his element. And so he got hired as a financial advisor. He was in his mid-40s and uh, he came out and I uh, asked him what he did before, to, uh, prior to being a financial advisor. And he looked at me with a straight face and he said, uh, well, you know, I was in a band. I was in a band. And uh, I
0: was like, you want to? Just a standard devil worshipping
1: band? It was not devil worshipping from what I gathered, though it may have been. It was a very unsuccessful, like, it was kind of like a YouTube band or something. And I was like, that doesn't really add up to, you know, you're working at a bank. So I'll let that slide. And then um, fast forward uh, a week later, and then um, there's a profile. This lady looks like a really solid client, lots of opportunity for investments. And it's, it's a client that you'd want to speak to as a financial advisor. And uh, she's doing well for herself. So I brought, um, brought him the profile, like, hey, I think you can have a, a good conversation uh, with his lady, and uh, he looks at her profile, sees that she's doing well, and goes, "Huh, well, looks like she's doing pretty well. Clearly, doesn't need my advice." <laughs> <And> just... <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was it. And uh, so, v- just a very oddball character. The uh, the manager was looking for him one time, and she's like, "Where is he?" And uh, I'm like, "He's in his office." She's like, "But the lights are out and it's dark." I'm like, "Yep." Yeah. And she walks over to look in his office and peers into the dark. And she goes, oh, look at that. He's sitting in the dark. (laughs) Come on out, Archie. Come on out. And has to call him as he's sitting in his office in the dark in the middle of the day. He was just a a peculiar individual. And uh, it was just comical to to see. And uh, yeah, you would also fist bump everybody, actually. You would go in for a lot of unnecessary fist bumps to the point where I had to tell him in a manager's meeting that not to fist bump me unless he did something that warranted a fist bump. And uh, he kind of came along. Actually, he'd always seek my approval for a fist bump, so. Let's talk
2: about some fictional uh, or, or non-fictional work duos or some of the some of the great work duos um, that, uh, that come to mind. Uh, Tim, who
1: do, you, who do you think of when you think of a, a great work duo? Uh, what's iconic for me is uh, Jules and Vincent from Pulp Fiction. Classic, um, great juxtaposition between the two characters, between um, you know um, morality versus logic. Swain's got the nice dance up there, looking good, party bear, and uh, yeah, like just the um, the soliloquies uh, as Hitman, and just the whole dynamic. Um, We watched it again recently and realized that uh, something bad happens every time uh, Vincent goes to the bathroom, actually in that movie. Every time he's in the bathroom, something bad happens uh, ultimately to his end. But in terms of like a badass duo, that, uh, that has to be my top one. Very cool.
4: Nice. Big rye. Uh, well, this is recency bias because I watched the movie last night, but I'm going to say Django Freeman and Dr. King Schultz from Django Unchained worked as bounty hunters. King Schultz frees Django earlier in the movie and doesn't believe in slavery, but needs Django's help to track down some brothers that are wanted. And uh, doesn't see why not. Why can't they just make some money uh, over the wintertime? And then they can find uh, Django's wife in the summer or in the springtime. So, you know, I think that duo really worked well together. Obviously King Schultz, uh, spoiler alert, didn't survive. Uh, but, uh, I thought that was a great duo that, uh, took down Mr. Candy from Candyland. Nice.
0: Big Ryan naming names and dropping spoilers. <laughs>
4: Yep. Sorry, guys. Even though the movie came out like five years ago.
2: Yeah, I think with Tarantino movies, like if you haven't seen it in a year, then yeah, you deserve the spoiler. You deserve to get the movie spoiled.
0: Fair enough. I'm going to go nonfiction then. I'm going to say Fred Armisen and uh, Carrie Brownstein of Portlandia. Two great sketch comedy uh, titans uh, with a very offbeat sense of humor. I, I like how they found each other.
2: Yeah, they're both uh, musicians too, right? Like Carrie's a pretty famous punk rock uh, singer or something like that. Really, Fred's a, Fred, yeah, Fred's yeah, Fred's a drummer. Like I think he started off being drummer in punk rock bands as well.
3: I really like the dynamic between um, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character and Woody Harrelson's. Yes. 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 Phenomenal show, of course. It's like uh, one of those uh, memorable. Uh, it's very different buddy, cut buddies sort of uh, dynamic. So, yeah, that, that one really.
1: Yeah, with a super dark twist.
4: Nice.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, Makani, he likes the party. It's good. Yeah, and,
3: and they're actually friends in real life, so it kind of translates on screen. Yeah, they've, uh, they've had
4: a couple or, or two. All right. All,
1: all right.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, this was somebody else's
2: recommendation, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on it because I really love it. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Hansel just cuz he's so hot right now and uh Zoolander started off as uh, you know competitors but then we are really able to team up and uh, make some things happen when they when they got together handsome guys can't go wrong there stylish can't go wrong there and uh you know have a couple laughs while they're at it you know really like that Hansel kind of uh, played a you know bit of a wingman role in getting uh uh zoolander to link up with that journalist was it a journalist who you know, ends up link, linking up with yeah that's his wife in real life Christine. yeah his wife in real life yeah you just uh throw a couple llamas in there and uh some and good to go orgie going yeah that's all it takes is yeah. that the proper term uh sorry little people pardon me <laughs> Wow. Politically bad. correct. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Ooda. No, it's a good call. Good call. Right. We've got to keep yeah. straight. You have to edit that out. It's <laughs> the 21st century. Yeah. Please, <laughs> yeah.
3: please do.
2: Keep it up. We're leaving it in. Let's uh, move on to family then. So we've covered off uh, work relationships, family. You also don't kind of get to choose. You're just kind of bored into it. Got to deal with it regardless. Yeah. Um, if you could be part of any family on TV or history which uh which would you would you
1: which would you go with? I'm going to go uh yeah I'm going to go non-fiction historical. I'm going to go the Genghis Khan clan. And uh just, you know, completely um take over, you know, basically a lot of Eurasia. Biggest empire in the history of the world, I think it's at at one point. That's a right. rough life,
0: Tim. A lot yeah. of
1: infighting between those cons. A lot of infighting, yeah. But the uh, the rewards, I mean the Silk Road. For me, I think I gotta go house of Medici.
2: Go back to Renaissance Italy, big Ryan oh uh this was you were gonna pick this one, but I
4: think I I took it away from you. I don't even know who this is. Yeah,
2: yeah. There were a big banking family in the uh who came up in the the 16th century, or I think it was early mid mid-15th century, maybe ruled Florence. Um four of the medicis ended up being popes when it was a uh, you know still pretty cool to be a pope at the time a lot of power as the pope during uh, the, those eras um really powerful during the renaissance which was a you know such a huge time in history for for human beings um you know there were some plagues going around then in europe a lot of plagues but you know i think i'm getting used to the plague over here and i think as a member of the house of medici back then i would have been uh you know, well placed to avoid the plague as as much as possible. And you got it. you can't beat those big Italian palatial estates, which I think would have been real nice back then. So I think, yeah, I would have gone with uh, one of them. Are you Kyle? a religious man? is
4: it
3: ever cool to be a Pope though?
2: I think back then it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't get away be... with a lot more as being a Pope back then. Get get away with what? <laughs> Well, you could, you could have a family and whatnot back then as Pope. No, but no, get away with what? Oh, murder. Murder, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. uh, I'm going to choose the Corleone family. I'm going uh, Godfather. I'm going to the class. You gonna be At perfect? first I was thinking, sign me up for the Sopranos. Give me some Gabagool. But then I was like, you know, what? I don't want Jersey. I want to be OG. I want to be uh, Michael. I want uh, to have, to Brian's point, Maybe a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, but not so much as the Stark family. You're all going to die anyway. Corleone's
2: dead. True. Now, if you were going to be Michael, I would have pictured you more as a Michael Bluth than a Michael Corleone, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest with you. Definitely. Head of of more Bluth family, to be fair. Well,
0: you do know I'm never nude, so uh, I've got that going for me. Is the guy
3: that gets shot on the boat?
1: That guy, That was it?
0: Michael Rest of development. You know,
1: oh, oh, you're talking about Fredo. You're talking about Fredo, Fredo, Fredo in The Godfather.
0: Fredo. No, no, no. If anything, I'm going to be a Sonny or a Michael. I'm not afraid Fredo. There's
3: a chance.
0: <laughs> Don't yeah. tilt that head, Tim.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm sure if we did a cast vote, <laughs> it would be outcome. Yeah. Uh, What do you think
4: there, Ry? What time is it? Tool time. You know, I'm picking the Taylor family from Home Improvement. I think that it'd be apt. It'd be a an in like a pretty easy transition. You know, a family of three boys. The middle child's really the gem of the bunch. JTT. Um, but uh, I think you know Tim Allen. He's proven he likes to party. You know, a couple oh, yeah. smuggle oh, wow. runs right. over the border back in '78. And uh, I think it'd be a good transition. You know, very athletic family likes to party I don't know how much more I need to say on this subject
0: who could forget that he was the Santa Claus so you got that going for you too yeah
4: that was filmed two blocks away from my house
3: thanks for listening to two beers podcast we'll be back with two beers space edition